In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is taken from the intro at Psalm, Psalm 127, which we have prayed together. I call your attention to the words of our text. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. When I was a lad, my father got me a sweater for school late in August. The cool weather had already started the week before school, and I was visibly chilly. Why don't you wear your new sweater, he asked me. I can't, I said, it's for school. You might as well make use of it now, he replied, because you will still have it later. My dad pointed out the present enjoyment of gifts intended for the future. In a similar way, God intends that we enjoy practical blessing from his spiritual gifts. Now what could be more practical than a good night's sleep? Sleep's blessings include so many things. Renewed strength of body and of mind. I've awakened in the morning to find myself visibly healed from some ailment that had bothered me the night before. Sleep is often a time of healing. We also get a restored perspective. How often do we say to one another, it will seem better in the morning? And after a night's rest, we have opportunity for a new beginning. Wiser from the experience of the previous day and with the promise of new accomplishments. Yes, God's intent for us is blessing, but often we fight His blessing. We fought our parents when they told us it was time for bed. My children used to act more and more rambunctious the tireder they got. My wife and I recognized their need for sleep. Well, they did not recognize it. And we had to impose a schedule on them until they could develop self-regulation. And so God did this with his people. There's a command to rest on the Sabbath. And it looks like a command, but it really was a blessing. It established a rhythm to the believing community's life and for every individual Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This saying shows that it was a gift. Think about the Sabbath. In work, we make things happen. In rest, we recognize that God makes things happen. In work, we are the center of the action, the center of the universe. In rest, on the sideline, we recognize that the action continues without us. That indeed God is the one who makes things happen. And you know there's an essential connection between the Sabbath rest and hearing God's word. Luther makes it plain in his explanation to the commandment. We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. In rest, in ceasing to work, we remember who we are and whose we are. 
we realize the sobering truth that the world goes on without us. And realizing that truth, we can let ourselves drift off to sleep, knowing that in the popular song, Jesus is at the wheel. Now sin robs us of a good night's rest. Like children who get more frantic as the hour grows late, we fail to recognize our need. So we stay up late, get up early, eat the bread of anxious toil, as the psalmist puts it, when we really don't need to. Oh, there is a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a place to work overtime. But I once knew a man who worked overtime to pay for an expensive car. He worked overtime for 10 years to be able to afford that expensive car. And then he died from overwork. My mother's cousin went to medical school and, and he found himself in, in such a place so pressured. He had a cold, he got a sickness and he took penicillin pills so that he could just keep working these long hours. And a month after he graduated, he died of pneumonia. We don't recognize our need. And like children who get punch drunk before it's time to, for bed, we live our lives in such a frantic, out of control way. Imagining that we have to keep in control. And the fact is, we like making things happen. We get addicted to our role. We're like the kid who can't put down the video game. We may become addicted to a given role in life. And so the person who gets to tell other people what to do on the job is reluctant to put that down. The person who's always had a sense of self-worth from the amount of money he could make faces unemployment with despair. The mother who was such an important part of her children's growing up can't continue doing that in her children's lives when they become adults. We have reluctance to give up the role in life. And again, we lack God's sense of timing. There's a time for work and a time for rest, a time for wakefulness and a time for sleep. Some of us are unable to get that good night's sleep because our sense of boundaries are weak. We make ourselves responsible for things we cannot control and others exploit this like the codependence of alcoholism. I drink and you apologize. Our inability to recognize our boundaries, our limits, Satan uses to exploit. He makes us feel guilty about what other people do and then attribute our own sins to what other people do. Sure, I had him, but he said something that made me hit him. There's a lack of boundary which keeps us from accepting responsibility and ultimately keeps us from accepting forgiveness. And others of us are afflicted with doubt and distrust. The sun won't rise unless we worry about it. 
Often we refuse to accept the will of God and that causes us to be afflicted. Most of the women I know with curly hair envy the women who have straight hair and many of the women with straight hair envy the women with curly hair. We cannot accept God's will. We can't accept who we are and work with the gifts we're given. We have to envy other people and men have their own afflictions in this regard. When we refuse to accept the will of God, the particular gifts he's given us in our life and yearn for other gifts that he hasn't given, that breeds doubt and distrust, anxiety and sleeplessness. And a sin we suffer for is hard to distinguish from a virtue that we may suffer for, and that is worry or care about others. You know, when we worry about others, is that a selfish thing or an unselfish thing? It depends on who is the center. There is a, a godly care for others. We care about what happens to them. We empathize with their sufferings. Like Jesus who wept for Jerusalem. Yes, we care and we suffer on behalf of others. But that's a different thing from the worry and anxiety. There we are afraid that, that others won't do what we want them to. Or we're afraid that God won't guard over them the way we would like Him to. Who's at the center of your worrying and suffering? If it's you, then it's probably a self-centered sin as opposed to a godly sorrow for the sufferings of others. But the psalmist assures God gives to his beloved sleep. Jesus said, come to me all who are weak and heavy laden and I will give you rest. And he exhibited this in his life. You know, the disciples were astounded that Christ could sleep during the storm. What an example that is for us. When there's nothing to be done, go to sleep. Put it in God's hands. The disciples didn't have that faith, and so they woke him up. And if Jesus had been a mere human being, he wouldn't have been able to do anything about the storm. But because he was the Son of God, he commanded and the winds and the waves were still. Jesus could sleep because he knew God was in charge. A lesson that he demonstrated to his disciples on that memorable occasion. When you acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, you are acknowledging that he is in charge. Again, it sounds like a, a command, an obligation, but it's really a blessing. When you know that Jesus is Lord, His desires overrule your desires, your feelings, even your perceptions. Jesus said, All power in heaven and earth has been given to me. And I look around this sinful world and I see a lot of things going wrong. And I, my perceptions tell me to doubt that statement. But Jesus is Lord and his word overrules my perceptions. Like the man waiting for the sunrise who never saw it because clouds covered the sky. 
He knew it was there, even though he couldn't perceive it. So we know that Jesus is Lord, even if our perceptions don't always confirm our deeper knowledge. We can rest in the knowledge that God is in control. As the saying is, let go and let God. And if you notice in the psalm, you know, it goes from the, he gives to his beloved sleep to talking about children. What causes many of us to lose sleep is our, our concern about our children, whether they're young or they're grown. And there's a practical application here to those children that we someday have to let go of. Let your faith and your prayers for them be an encouragement. Let your interaction with them exhibit your faith and confidence in God. Your desire to have them share that. Rather than exhibiting that nagging that betrays the lack of confidence in God. A sense that you've disappointed me. A burden on their lives. Yes, God gives to his beloved sleep. And that includes those parents whose children they've had to let go and give into God's hands. For the truth is that Christ is with us in our struggles and will see us to the rest that follows the struggle. He is with us in the struggle of life and he is with us in the rest that follows in the grave. He has scoped it out for us and He is with us in our journey. Do you know that we practice for death every night when we retire? Every night we let go of our consciousness and we do not know what will happen in the hours to follow. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray thee, Lord, my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray thee, Lord, my soul to take. We practice every night for that moment when we shall fall asleep and the Lord will gather us to himself. It says in Genesis that Abraham slept and was gathered to his people. We too shall sleep and be gathered to God's people and we can fall asleep in trust and in confidence because the Lord gives to his beloved sleep. May you, beloved of God, enjoy a good night's rest knowing that God is in charge and look forward to the final sleep, not with anxiety, but with confidence and that sense of peace that passes human understanding. Amen. And now may the grace of God that surpasses our understanding keep us in this true faith to life everlasting.